Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. Episode number 117 of the Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast, right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the Buckatorium, in the lovely <laughs> Sherrard, <laughs> Illinois. Just practicing my radio voice. That got really annoying really quick. Uh, this is Steve you're hearing right now, and in the studio is Kurt, hello. Eric, and Mark. What? Yep, yep. What's going on? I thought you said nope. I said hello. Oh, I was like, who No, is Kurt's this? not here. <laughs> Not gone. Not at my own place. It's yeah, no, we're, we're at Kurt's house. He's not here. And take what you want, guys. Uh, how was everyone's Thanksgiving? Fantastic. Good. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I uh, gained about twenty pounds. But. Yeah, no, I asked you guys so I could tell you that uh, I uh, I watched a bunch of the Leafs play. My beloved Leafs. I drank Molson. <laughs> yeah, bud, it was good. Molson Labats, and uh, you know, I found out what a Newfie is. That <laughs> so, yeah, was Canada. Fun. Yeah. Canada. It was great. Yeah, I missed. Uh, I missed. Going hunting, but uh, you know it. It's kind of nice to spend time with other people's family because you actually get to hear different stories. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, but it's not as cool as like going hunting. So you know, it's just uh, well, yeah. It, I'm sure that was a good time. Canadian beer. Uh, we got bush lattes in the studio as usual. We do. Um, I, I they're not a back. sponsor, but uh, bush light. Uh, what's they, going on? They should be. We keep those guys in business. I know. The only people are hashtagging Bush Latte because of us. Yeah. But uh, no, <laughs> we no. started that. Just pay so. attention, Bush. Let's uh, let's get something exactly. going. Exactly. Well, speaking of hashtags, uh, hashtag Single Pin Nation, HHA Sports. Dude, those guys have been awesome. Uh, we're really, really excited about it. just every, every day that I get to shoot my bow with that site. I find new things that I like about my my optimizer. I got the Kingpin Light. I find new things that I really, really enjoy about it every time. And you know what I like about it? When you go to like a public range or you're shooting with your buddies and they don't have as cool of a site and you pull it out, they're like, dang, 
What's that? What is that thing? Let me me tell you about this little thing I got here. Yeah. (laughs) This guy here? Well, don't worry about that guy. Yeah, that that, that (laughs) guy. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Yeah, yeah, they are awesome. Lifetime warranty. Good people. Good company out of Wisconsin. And uh, we're going there within the next week or so, probably, Mm. to hang out with our good buddy Scott from HHA. So if anyone has any questions directed to Scott about HHA or the products, feel free to email them over. um, Send Anything social media, workingclassbowhunter.com, and we'll get those into the episode. Um, but yeah, we're going to go there and see the see the place of HHA, and we'll take a lot of pictures. and Check out the operation, see how it's all I'm works. sure Steve will do a video or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, uh, speaking of food, right? Did anyone bring up food? Well, no, they didn't. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Scott, uh, God bless that man, dude. He, <laughs> that dude is always working and... Uh, I forgot to get the deer count of what he's up to, but I think they're at... Your only job for this podcast. Yeah, no, I forgot. Well, I've been busy actually working. I don't know what you slobs are doing, but uh, yeah, he's he's checking in deer, and man, they're putting that brand new freezer to work. I mean, it's... I haven't even talked to him just because I don't want to, like, burden his day of, of like, just bottom. time. Like, hey, um, yo, Kurt, I don't have any time to talk to you. Like, I have deer to uh, get moving here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Smith's is a very awesome. They've uh, been great to us. So Viola, Illinois. So you're eastern, uh, eastern Iowa, western and central Illinois. If you can make it without your deer spoiling, head on up. Scent Crusher. Oh, yeah. It's kind of taken over everything scent control, I feel like. And uh, we've gotten a lot of <laughs> emails and comments like, I'm buying one now or I just bought this. Um, can I be honest with you guys about Scent Crusher? I use it way more for everything else other than hunting. Like, I still use it for my hunting gear, but, like, there's times where I don't feel like washing my clothes, and I've, I've really just thrown them in there. <laughs> Jeez. Dude. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, it was, it was a bad day because I, I, I had coveralls, and I sweat through my coveralls, and I was like, Dan Drake from Scent Crusher has just enabled you to, like, just be I mean, here. I mean, no, I use, them, I, I use the, the, the bag every time I go hunting, but, like, yeah, I got home, I was like... Yeah, Steve like takes a laundry. poop. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna put my butt in here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it I be good enough. You can't just do that, Steve. It just yeah. doesn't work. That no, way. I know, but it's one of those things that it's like you know. You, you still you, have to wash your clothes. You by know. the way, if Dan yeah. listens to this plug, he's gonna go. Okay, they're talking about putting their butt in scent crusher bags, and uh, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> it, it actually has kind of changed the game, and it has. Um, I mean, you know, for for a lot of things too. I mean, I'm glad that you know I have something that you know now that I can take with me. You know. That helps me hunting, but like in other parts of my life. So yeah, I think scent crushers made my life a whole lot easier. I I talked to our buddy uh Shaky Leaf on Instagram today on the phone. He emailed us and he's like, Man, I want to get into scent crusher. What's the best? So my wife won't kill me. I mean, what should I get? And so I talked to him, gave him some advice. I'm like, eh, you really can't go wrong with any of it, but you know, if you don't want your wife to kill you too bad, <laughs> it's the the bag's a good way to get into it, you know. Yep. It's yeah. You can fit a lot of stuff in it. The closet's awesome because you can organize your stuff, put your boots in there, your whole pack. Coveralls. Your, you can put your entire Badlands pack in there. You can put your bow You can put everything you mm-hmm. own in there. Yep. And uh, and that's kind of nice. It keeps it organized. There's a designated place to put all your hunting gear and nice and in order yeah, and you always know where it is. And in the off season, you can throw it all in there so you're not scrambling when it does come hunting time looking for shit. Exactly. So they've uh, they've been good to us, so. They have uh, and Badlands packs too, guys. You know we always talk about them. Uh, I, I'm super happy with the pack I got now. I mean, I've 
basically when I get in a tree, what I'll do is I'll, I'll wrap it around because I got the monster pack, and I'll wrap it around the tree and like snug it up there, and it's just you know so I can. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I can reach around and grab everything that I need, and you know it's cool because it'll fit like three diet cokes or whatever. I, I don't drink diet coke. I just wanted to see if they fit in there, you know, with all my other hunting gear. But um, yeah, it's got teams up there with an ice cold pop. Yeah, <laughs> a nice, uh, refreshing, mellow yellow with uh, real tree camo. Have you seen that? Come on, yeah. yeah hey, see. come on, man. It's, <laughs> But no, you have I, a veteran shout out, don't you? I do have a veteran shout out. Yeah, <laughs> way to move things along. No, this is actually really cool. Our good buddy Gene, who is also a vet, uh, sent us this uh, this shout out, and thank you, Gino, for your service and for letting us know that um, he met First Sergeant Andrew Southers. Uh, he's an active Marine from Wisconsin, so he probably shoots an HHA. He's a big bow hunter uh, currently, and he's at the arsenal doing toys for tots. So, like, that's super cool, man. You know, I I love the Toys for Tots idea. So if you can see any of those boxes, you know, the Marines always put them on. Give uh, a present to kids in need. Uh, you know, thank you, Andrew, for not only doing that for the kids, but also, you know, protecting our freedom to uh, do this podcast in English and not Russian. So thank you for that again. Um, we're just, man, it it just really tickles me. You know, every time you, you hear about bow hunters, that are doing really good things and veterans that are doing good things. And when they're a combo, it's even better. Yeah, it's even better. And they deserve all the respect, uh, in the world. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys want to add to that? Uh, you, you always do a good job with the veteran shout outs and, uh, you, you're better at getting all heartfelt than mm-hmm. I am, but you no, know, we really do appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully he, I guess Gino said they're going to try and shoot and handle it. And so that'd be awesome. Shoot bows and oh really they're gonna mm. oh they're gonna link up I think so yeah that'd awesome. be awesome so yeah that's cool he's gonna hopefully be a new listener and he'll appreciate the shout out and uh, we'll, maybe we can keep him around what and, if he's uh, like this podcast sucks jeez like, why'd this guy even God, show no, me this dude he's like you gave him my name I want to bow hunt and shoot my bow less now oh. <laughs> but like, uh, man these guys led me to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, we basically decided to do kind of, we just put a few posts out on all forms of social media, like just throw questions at us, we'll answer them. Random and, questions. And we'll just talk about them and we'll get Steve belligerent and see what happens. And uh, Yeah. but uh, That's always a good idea, guys. Right now, Illinois' second shotgun season is going on. It started yesterday, so this one's like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday season, and um, good luck out there. Our critters. Shot, our first shotgun. Good luck out there, deer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our first shotgun starts tomorrow in Iowa, and that's how how first shotgun, first season shotgun. What's and it goes uh, Saturday through Tuesday, okay, and then it closes for the rest of the week, and then the following Saturday it opens up for a whole week, a solid Saturday week? to wow. Sunday. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So Everybody... I can't bow hunt again until the nineteenth. Yeah, let's not model our season after Iowa, after all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if it's true. I like when it starts, but that's too many days. Right? Maybe, maybe delete <laughs> Illinois first shotgun and just make it like Monday through. Make go. it Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. you know. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, how Mackie people go. Oh, I gotta take off work. Cool. You gotta take off work if you want to turkey hunt anyway. You know. <laughs> right. So what's the difference? Apparently, you don't love deer hunting that much if you can't take off shotgun season. If it's Monday through through Thursday, no, Tuesday through Thursday, starts at 8.45 in the morning, ends at 3.15 in the afternoon. (laughs) You better get it done then. Right, and you got to take your lunch break. 
There's a half hour lunch. Oh yeah, it's a union mandated lunch break. So make sure if uh, you don't bring your lunch bucket, you better go be smoking some cigarettes. <laughs> oh man, you know how mad everyone would be. I don't really hope that, but golly, would it be funny it's for funny a few to years. Think Oh about. yeah, it'd be hilarious. Dude, you'd have those guys, man. That every year they'd still. I tagged out at nine oh one. Like, how does this guy do it? But oh, that's funny. But. Illinois season's going on, and it's <laughs> you know I did I won't be I won't be out this week. I got a Christmas tree to get. Yeah, what you, you haven't bought it from Walmart yet? No, I'm going to chop one down because I mean I don't know how that's good for the environment. But they they plant another one, I'm sure. <laughs> but no, you it, Paul it's Bunyan good for the environment. Yeah, it's whatever. It's just a, go out to the timber, just pick out a nice lush one. You, put, just a, you put a flannel jacket on and your <laughs> oh, yeah. bucket hat. For sure, I am. I'm gonna go out there and probably get shot at. Someone think I'm a deer. Better put on some blaze orange. <laughs> hey, did you see uh, for like Black Friday? Elite had like elite archery ornaments. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they had two of them, and they had like the uh, glasses. And I was actually gonna try and buy some, but man, they sold out really quick. No, we should do. Was... We should get like the clear, cheap ones from Walmart and put our working class bow hunter stickers on them. Oh, we sell should them, <laughs> sell them, <laughs> and sell them for fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> These are special made. Autograph them. Yeah, made by a four year old Chinese kid, and then put us. Or we put our stickers on it. <laughs> right. We can figure something out. Um, let's do. Let's get to some questions. Let's All do right. the. Uh, want to do the Facebook one first? Yeah, let's There's start a few there. On there and we got some scattered ones. And we got some uh, some interesting detailed ones that'll take up. Yeah, a lot. But there uh, were some people that I was like, man, have you been waiting to ask us that? Because that's pretty detailed. Let's do. Um, let's do the actually the Instagram one for Mark first about. Um, so for our that was our first question too. I think I, I believe it was. I don't remember. My week's been crazy. Um, Aaron eight fifty nine on Instagram. Yeah, he's he's my friend. Okay. And uh, <laughs> let me see. I think, He's Mark, I sent those too. to you. Did I not screenshot all the way? Yeah, okay. did. He's shot this buck. I believe this is a public land buck. And basically, he does undecided. He has it caped out, and he won't, we're going to vote. He said, do I do a shoulder mount or do I do a skull mount? And we all have a picture of this. I'll post one up later um, on our social media so you guys can see it. I say shoulder mount it. Steve? Picture again. Here, I got it right here. Uh, let me see. Man. This is I, I not. Really I think good, like a, this is not really a good question for people listening. Yeah, I don't know. You know what though? Uh, I think a skull mount would be kind of cool. Okay, Eric, I'm looking at it right now. I go I, shoulder yeah, mount. If I shot that, I would shoulder mount on it. public ground. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. Mark. Uh, I've been torn about this. This is it. This is what it. decides it. Yeah. Oh, man. You're the deciding factor right now. You know how pictures are hard to tell. You guys think it's a three-year-old or two-year-old? Where's he at again? Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, it might be three then. I'd Uh, mount it. That's public ground, man. I've been thinking Euro. Oh, it's a draw. It's a tie. It's a a tie. It's not very fun. (laughs) Sorry, man. If you get Aaron eight fifty nine on Instagram, I'm sure I don't know if he's got Aaron, a profile. Aaron, flip a coin. Yeah, that's all I can or tell you, you guys can go there and let him know. I say yeah. vote. Or flip a three sided coin, dude. <laughs> so, if he does do a shoulder, what? So I guess the left side of this deer is weaker. I believe. Yep. It's like a six point side, and the other side's like your typical four point side. And he wants to know if, since the left side's weaker. Here's my question for Mark. What form do I choose to show off that left side that's what would be the deer's right side that's taller? Yeah. 
Um, I would actually turn the deer's head if you th- act like you're the deer, not looking at him, but act like you're the deer. I would go head right, um, you know, something like you know, semi sneak, semi semi upright. Um, but I would go head right because what you kind of want to do is show off the inside of the larger side. Because someone's going to look directly into that? Yep, they're going to look to the inside of that, and they're going to be able to see that bigger side where that, if you turn it the other way, they actually, sometimes the tines line up when you're looking at a deer, and if you turn it the other way, you'll see the inside of the smaller side, Mm -hmm. and that will actually, you know, attract your eye more. So you want to... See, the inside of the bigger side is what most taxidermists right. would tell you. Yeah, I, I, I think you're full of it. I think you should do a skull mount. That's, yeah. You know what? Uh, don't listen to what Mark says. <laughs> but the only, the even only reason I voted that way was because it is different looking on the other side. Um, if it was a super symmetrical eight-pointer, just like the, the deer's right side, I would say mount it. Um, but since it's, you know, it's a little bit kind of got weird antler on the left side. So that's why I went European, just because it's not typical or symmetrical and good right. ca- good candidate for a Euro. But a but good bleached white skull, man, looks oh, good yeah. on anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Even I mount some guys small first deer that they've ever shot. So it's kind of what's personal to you. Is this the first deer you've ever shot? Was it special because it was on public ground? Uh, were you with your son? Were you with your dad? Was right. it something? You the know, memory. Something so, special about it. Yeah. Emotionally, now you've got to decide yourself since it was a tie. Right. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. We yeah. tried, buddy. But uh, good luck to you. Great buck. And congratulations on that. Especially public ground, man. That's, that's yeah, incredible. Heck yeah. I'm getting that. Uh, I'm getting that doe skull mounted. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Amy big, likes to decorate them. And that's that's cool. Yeah. Big um, shout out to Sean uh, Herman. He does like bone white taxidermy. So he does like here it locally. So he's been doing yeah, some really cool we're stuff. We're going to get him on a podcast just to talk about it because he does the uh, dermatized beetles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sean Herman, quality European skull mounts. Um, Facebook.com forward slash bone white taxidermy. Yeah. I've just been seeing some of the stuff. Like I, I get this. When I dropped that head off, I was like, look, and I was like, oh, man, dude, that's. That's cool. I want that. I want that. I want that. Let's so, talk yeah. about something real Let's, quick while we're on the European subject. Have we talked about the Velvet Euro yet? No, we the haven't. Product. Uh-huh. So um, back to Aaron real quick. If you do do a skull mount, like you can yeah. use doo-doo. the. Yeah, did I say that? You said doo-doo. If you do do, <laughs> that's funny. Good catch. You catch on to that stuff, man. It's, it's a good I thing. I catch all the doo-doo guys. Um, <laughs> so if you use a skull hooker. You can adjust the skull <laughs> to see the inside of that one beam that Mark was talking about on the wall. But you can adjust it any way you want, right? Yep. So you can Yeah, you can turn. If you it. don't like it one way, you can just turn it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. skull hooker is a pretty good option, but Mark completed the velvet euro from the roadkill buck um that I picked up in June. Yeah, I believe it was June, late June or something, right? Yeah, holy crap, man. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah thing turned out beautiful, didn't it? It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a pearl. Yeah, everybody. It's everybody. You know, looks at a euro and they think, oh well, it's been boiled and it's been, you know, it's cleaned and whitened and right. Yeah. But what we had to do to that one was completely different. I'm surprised you gave Mark away said your doo doo again. I didn't. I didn't give away the secret. You posted the, how you detached the antlers. Just the rods. To, to, yeah. Just the, I'll give that secret away. I'm surprised you even did that though. Well, somebody, uh, somebody on Instagram. Uh, it gave me a question, you know, hey, how did you do that? Did you s- separate the antlers? How'd you do it with velvet on there? Uh-huh. And not have the velvet go bad. And I told him I separated them. 
you know, you had to take the antlers off and then, you know, treat each part separately. Right. The skull, do the skull, and then do the antlers. So <clears throat> I didn't give away the secret how to preserve the antlers. Yeah, we can't even talk about that. But, nope. <laughs> no, the skull looks incredible, man. Secret, secret. I got it. Secrets. It's hanging in the living room, like in the corner where the skull hookers, like, angling in towards the center of the living room. And then I got the three big bucks on the wall, and it's just my living room is turning into the uh, – the wall of my or the, the room of my biggest bucks and i got two more to throw in there are we um, just all gonna start hanging our bucks here from now on just, i wouldn't be opposed well. to just it fill your living room from <laughs> sam might be ceiling. like whoa come on like you know let's not, do, let's not do that but uh yeah they're a whole lot more work than just a regular european mount yeah and uh I mean, if you want it done, you can pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, it, it's worth it. It's to find, to get an Illinois buck like that, to run across it. I can't believe someone didn't swipe it up before I did. Yeah. Um, here's another question. This is sent in directly. Um, this this one was slid into our DMs, as Steve would say. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, at Joel Cook um, on Instagram. Um, he's a big supporter of us, so we really appreciate that. I Good. Have, Send uh, us money. Question or topic for the show: tree st- <laughs> tree stands. I don't. I feel like I don't hear um, you guys talk about them often. What style brands do you guys prefer? I'm just curious. Uh, do you kill a lot of deer out of climbers or ladder stands? What is your preference and why? <laughs> well, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll tell you one that um, it, the the stand I put up at. Uh, I bought one. <laughs> I went to Menards. I bought one of those big dog. I think it was like the Tomcat or something. It was a little, $39. $39 one. Yeah, but. And my big ass got into that, and I just, <laughs> it's not a comfortable stand. I mean, it's just, it's little. You know, you're sitting in there, and it's like off center, so you're like always like leaning forward, you know, and I, I don't know. It keeps you on your toes because, like, you, you need to keep, like, you know, like, you, if I feel like if, like, I zone out a little bit too much, I'm just going to fall. Because, like, I feel like I always have to be I'm balanced for you, Buck. I it. kill most of my 200-inch deer out of the those oh, yeah. big dog yeah. stands. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's, uh, um, I got a big game that I didn't, it was one of those platinum ones, dude. It's so heavy, and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just, I, I don't know. I didn't. Mark? Um, I use a lot of ladder stands because, like I said before, my dad hunts with me, and he's getting older. He's kind of scared of heights, bigger guy, so he doesn't like to do the, you know, hang-ons. But I absolutely prefer the hang-ons and, you know, 25 feet up. Right. So as right. far as a brand, um, basically, you know, I, I, I'd i love to have the lone wolves, stuff like that. But I don't spend that much money on them. So right. I'm kind of a shorter guy, not that big. So pretty much anything works for me. What's you know, the, the o- OMP? Is that what the XOP XLP. I don't know what that is. Um, um, the guy that started Lone Wolf branched oh, off okay. and started his own company. Oh, okay. Economy company. Yeah, so basically, like you said, big game is probably mostly what I use because it's cheaper. Most you know, working <laughs> class guys can afford it. You know, for sure, for sure. Just get a ladder sure. or whatever. E-Rock. I am a big fan of Lone Wolf's, the Alpha with the climbing sticks and everything, but oh, yeah. I can only afford one. Yeah. So <laughs> they're pricey, man. But yeah, dude, yeah. our our boy Ross Bigger, uh, he's got like thirty six <laughs> of them. That guy loves lone wolves. He was he's like, man, if I could buy a pallet of these, I would. And I'm not doubting him. Maybe, I, I really think he <laughs> I think would. he did. Um, <laughs> but I like I'll go with the cheap ones from Menards if I you know 
for afternoon or morning sets. The lone wolf I'll usually use for an all day set. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but because it's more comfy and right. I don't use but climbers. You guys use climbers? Nope. You I know, never have. I, I have one time in the past when I was younger, and every time I've almost died, it's been in a climber. Really? I do not like them. Well, you know, my dad is the climber expert. Like, my dad has killed, he's killed his 180 with a climber. All of my dad's big, big bucks that were killed with a climber, and it was basically his first time in. Mm. Um, he, he would say climber by far. Really? You put the climber on your back, you go into a new spot, fresh hang hunt, and that's your best chances of killing a right. deer. It really just right. is. It's right. you really. I don't think you can really argue that too much. I say, I'd say if you go traveling out west or something like that, you where you're going to go to like public ground where you don't right. know anything about it. But most of us, most people, go to the woods ahead of time, figure out where they're going to hang their stand, they right. hang them, and right. then they go to hunt them. You know. So for me, I always found that got to have a tree saw in your pocket because there's never you do. There's yep. branches yep. the whole way you're going up. You do. Or you're going to find a crooked tree or it's big at the bottom and gets smaller as you go. So you got to adjust the thing. I just, I I don't like them. Yeah, if I hang and hunt, a lone wolf all day long. Yeah. Here's I'll go, my. I'll go pull it down and take the lone wolf. Right, yeah. My theory yeah, is. Let's move on since it's Kurt. I like, <laughs> I have two lone wolves and I like the lone wolf sticks, but man, I've become real accustomed to like the river's edge grip sticks. cheap and they're sturdy they're so sturdy and the thing is you know i like my lone wolves but i've almost like uh developed a taste for the cheaper tree stands like the ones you'll get at walmart or farm and fleet that you get for 35 40 bucks i'm telling you midwest guys menards is killing it yeah oh yeah but what i'll do is like a lot of guys like well i'm on a budget like okay what you would have spent on and there's an argument like well they're not as safe they're not built as well you got to check your straps and i'll replace the bolts check the cables inspect them oh yeah and um Actually, the one that I shot my buck out of this year, I gave it to Eric for a couple of weeks, and he <laughs> rewelded some I had to, stuff. I had on to repair it a little bit. You used that piece of shit. That's what, that's what I shot my buck out of. Really? Yeah. That that thing, I thought when thing. oh no, I thought when you had that, I thought you were joking. You said you're gonna have Eric fix that. No, he fixed it, and oh. I, I I hung it. It's like the Taj Mahal now. Oh, good God, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. the uh, the <laughs> the grate on it's broken. We got to weld yeah, that we baby fix back that, on. But that, no big deal. The right side of the grate on the stand was going pop pop. Like popping in and out, expanded metal came loose. (laughs) Yeah, when my butt came in, he was at six yards. I was standing on like if you divided that small platform in half, I was all the way on the left side, (laughs) (laughs) like tiptoeing when I shot him, which is unsafe. And it's uh, one of those tiny cheap. But that's the style I prefer is the 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 small hang ons, small because you can hide them and get them anywhere you need to, um, and they're light and uh, brands. River's Edge, big game. Any of the smaller ones. if you can afford and splurge and get a real nice one, you know that can be the one you take with you when you yeah. move it around. But really, my theory is if I'm if I'm at Farm and Fleet or Walmart and I see those grip sticks on sale, I'll buy four of them and another yeah. hang on. Keep it in my truck. Oh, this one's doing this. Oh, I'd like to hang a stand over there. Give yourself options. Buy a bunch of cheap stands. Give yourself a bunch of options for different wins and and those cheap sticks too. What I do is, you know, they somewhat stack together so you can right. Oh, you can put them on your stand, wrap strap them to the stand, and then I buy the, uh, they make those big game backpack straps for your stand. Oh, yeah. For like five bucks. Mm-hmm. So you can buy those and then carry it in as a backpack with your sticks and everything on it. Right. Yeah, it is hard to, uh, hard to beat like the, the lone wolf, how all the sticks stick together and how light right, that is. So if you're taking that in, I mean, that's, 
Right. You know, it's but like, even God, like the ones that those climbing sticks at Menards, the horseshoe looking ones, they still stack together somewhat yeah. and just take one of the straps and strap it right to the stand. I think I've killed almost every deer, but I mean, like the first few were out of a ladder stand, but every deer in the last, I don't know, since oh, since 2006 has been killed out of a hang on. So it's. I've never even, I don't think I've ever even sat in a ladder stand before. Um, I like ladder stands. So, he, <laughs> so yeah, on a budget, man, if you know, if your wife won't let you splurge and buy a bunch of lawnmowers, Menards and Walmart won't hurt those little yep. ones. Those Just, big dogs, yeah. Don't get the thirty nine dollar one. Get like the one that's uh, like the forty eight dollar. Like maybe it's like fifty. It's a little bit bigger platform. You'll be more comfy. But, oh yeah, uh, but get a if you're packing get, in. Get the smaller one. Get a better seat. Too because that seat is gonna wear oh, out. It's terrible. Really fast. So get like uh, get one of them. They they call them like the fat boys. They're like like inch and a inch and three eighths worth of foam or whatever. Do you have like the that? extra fat boy? No, I want those? I want one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would suggest that if you're gonna get that uh, one of those cheap stands, get a like good seat cushion. Let's uh, let's move on to the. Uh, We'll go to the personal page ones if you guys want or whatever yeah, questions no, you guys ahead. had ready. Is that all that was on the... That was on what I have on... Well, we can just do Instagram since we're on it. Go ahead. Um, I didn't have them pulled up because... There, I, I got it. it. Um, you know, we actually had uh, Nick McAdams uh, and Dan Solon. They they both said, uh, you know, hey, topic... Uh, this is Nick McAdams. He said, topic, late season tactics, food plots, etc., I've never had much luck late season. Uh, would like to change that next year. And then Dan Solon said it's second late season tactics. Um, when and where are you hunting all day, mornings, just evenings, food sources, funnels, bedding areas, travel routes? What are you doing to optimize <laughs> optimizer your late season successes in the woods? Thanks, guys. So I'll go, I guess. So my property that I've hunted, um, I used to hunt ground they had everything um, that you could imagine, like cornfields, bean fields, winter wheat, hay field, you know, all all the the works. I feel like I saw the most deer on grains late season, and it was always at night, late at night, like last light. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'm not hunting an unpressured farm. That's a farm that's been hunted all year, right? And so it seems like, in my experience. I'm only going to hunt in the afternoons and I'm not going to be in a hurry to get out in the middle of the day. No, you know, I'm going to be way more relaxed. What I noticed a lot this year too, is, uh, we got a big cornfield where on one of our properties and I set up about 50 yards into the timber. Cause those, the does will automatically go out there about four o'clock, mm-hmm. mostly every day, like a clock, but <laughs> four o'clock, but, like a clock, mostly yeah, like every clock. day, a clock. <laughs> but, and uh, there you go. The bucks won't go out in the field till it's totally dark, but they'll come close to it and check the field, kind of scan it. So you, you're trying right. to catch them in between there. That's a good, yeah, that's a good tip for sure. I, uh, yeah, I guess this. this Steve new... doesn't like cold. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I guess, pretty yeah, that. no, I just, uh, I, I like to uh, watch hunting shows during late season. He has no tactics. <laughs> Can't blame no, you sometimes. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think this, because uh, I, I've, I got. The new property that I'm hunting, there it's this giant alfalfa field where I shot the doe at. So I'm just going to kind of keep hunting the way I'm hunting now. You know, I don't think I'm going to change anything. I think I'll uh, probably try and get out in the morning, late morning, and just kind of sit there, maybe see what, if they bed, if they start trying to trickle in. Late get season food. or? 
I don't know. I'll, I'll try it because I don't know anything about how the deer move on this property, really. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I see them kind of sporadically, but right. I mean, I haven't been there enough to really get a grasp on. For sure. Yeah. Marky Mark? Yep. If uh, if you were going to try and improve it for next year, I would try to plant uh, some kind of beans if you could. Leave beans up. Beans are a magnet late season when it gets cold. Steamy beans are oh, there's unbelievable. A, well, there's Better. a corn. Yeah, there's a cornfield like right there. I don't know if it'll be a bean field, but it's like it touches the alfalfa field. Yeah. But, but I think one leave. of the guys said if I could improve it for next year, right? Or would you make um, changes, or maybe not? Maybe I'm. Just I, he said I'd like to. Cha- I've never had much luck late season. Would like to change that next yep. year. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Next I'm year, sorry, I would Mark. try to set up a food plot. Maybe late season, uh, mix some brassica and with some clover and some different. Little mm-hmm. food plot if you can't do beans. Um, usually late season, I'm an afternoon guy. Same thing. Uh, don't go into the woods that far because uh, deer usually don't bed that far from their food late season. Yep, that's a good point. A um, lot of times they'll be uh, laying on south-facing slopes to get that uh, to get the sun All warming day. them up. Yep, um, and yeah, just. Uh, afternoons and, and and not that far in, off the edge of the field and and probably grains and and do some food plots of some sort that for sure. are for late season food okay that's i, I don't know hunting late season's real tough it is and you know you see on all the hunting shows they got big bucks walking out early and there's just deer everywhere yeah you know that's <laughs> not realistic for most of us and it's just not we're gonna see i see a lot less deer late season yep. and they've been pressured and hunted like crazy I actually, I haven't seen a deer since, I seen a, a buck chasing a doe the day after I shot my buck this year, November 6th. Yeah. I have not seen a deer since. Yeah. I'm Literally. So either. that's going to, sh- that there shows you guys like we hunt real property and we're just some bum dudes with a podcast. <laughs> Those guys are doing exactly what I said. They got beans or food plot and they're not pressuring and they're right? just. Yeah. It's key, know. man. Well, it's they key. got the only food source within um, 20 yeah, miles. Yeah. Yeah. This one isn't a question. Um, popular science writes, nice, with a rocket ship. Um, <laughs> I'd like to add to that. <laughs> Thank you, Popular Science. Um, LaMonica hey, Hunt. you know what? I bet they followed us because they know that we know that the Earth is flat. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. Have to that's got to be it. They know it. They heard <laughs> it, it, and they know. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Where's the horizon, huh? Or where's the where's the crust? That's fifteen miles. Oh yeah. Yeah. People who think the Earth is round, have you ever seen it? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's right. LaMonica <laughs> well, hunts. Um, cooking recipes or ways of cooking venison you guys do or use? Um, deer heart. Deer the, heart's a good one? No, the, the only way you cook deer heart is you have Papa Dave come over and fry it up yeah. for you. That, yeah. What was that Ooh. box of stuff he used? Magic. Frying magic. Just fry magic. Fry magic. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, With, uh, so we took uh, – I ate – uh, three or four deer hearts this year, and uh, we cooked the deer heart from my doe, from my buck, from your doe, and uh, basically cut all the where the white hard stuff is on the heart. If you guys have never tried it, give it a shot. It's real good, and it makes you feel good about it. It does, know. yeah. It brings good luck. You cut it's all good. the hard stuff off, trim the white hard stuff mm-hmm. off too, and then slice an eighth-inch slices or whatever, however you want to do it. Real thin. Yep, egg, fry magic, fry it, and uh, butter. Oh, and then uh, jalapenos. Onions and a green pepper, optional but delicious. Oh, it's, mushrooms! It, there's no option. Um, backstrap, grill them, and when you know they're, I mean, when they look good. I either. mean, meat lo- meatloafs from Smiths. Wrap, yeah, wrap the whole entire backstrap with bacon. That's, That's what I way. do. Except oh, I, I slit the backstrap down the center. Don't cut all the way go. through it, and then 
You can stuff cheese in there yeah. and onions I, I got and a, mushrooms and then wrap in bacon. I got an idea for you guys or a theory. It. Do you think – I know bacon is delicious. And don't punch me, okay, <laughs> when I say this. Has bacon ruined wild game? No. no. Uh, yeah. I kind of believe I'm it has. Kurt, I'm, I'm with no. you because – Bacon never ruins anything. <laughs> because no, <laughs> That's another <laughs> idea. No, Kurt, I'm, I'm right there with you because you got a bunch of these jamokes. They keep, trying to, <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying to put what's a bacon in just an idiot. <laughs> but what if, wait, what if I didn't mean to call you out, Mark. That no. wasn't my intention. No, no. because they put bacon on everything. But you know what? There are times that I'm guilty of it. Like I uh I cooked these uh they call like I saw some dude made it and he's like they call it a, a bacon buck burger, you know, whatever. If you just get venison but it's like an egg and instead of like breadcrumbs, you fry up bacon and put it in there because that fat will hold it together. And then like Worcestershire and A one, and you, you bring it in there, so you get a nice little crunch too. Well, do you which, guys do you have any like a secret? Well, it wouldn't be a secret, but like a, your recipe, you're like, man, I cook it this way. Like this is my the thing I go to when I have wild game in the freezer. I don't because I don't cook that much. My wife will take uh, our burger and she'll put cheese in it and cut up small pieces of bacon, put mm. it in there. And she's part Hispanic, so she gets that, we call it Mexican lard, puts that oh, in, mixes really? it all mm. up in a big bowl together. Oh. And then she'll make the patties, and then I'll grill them, and they're fantastic. Yeah. That Whoa. Mexican lard, yes, oh, boy, dude. yes. Tasty. My, my burger is my special thing is uh, brown sugar. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love brown sugar. <laughs> we did. Burgers. I was making uh, venison burgers one day. It was before a podcast. Eric came over like, throw some brown sugar in there. I don't know how you talk. Game changer right I there. I loved it. Sam boys. hated it. <laughs> Get it? Really? Game changer. Yep. Sam's like, it's too sweet. I uh, don't do steaks, per se, but when I used to, I had a buddy of mine that came over, and she's like, oh, well, we're going to make steaks. I'll do it. Oh, and she? she's like, yeah, she's like, told me the night before, soak them in milk. And I'm like, soak them in milk? Yeah, put them in a bowl. Soak them in milk overnight. Best deer steak I've ever had in my life. Really? really? Yep. She said, I will have your finest milk steak. <laughs> People who watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia I, I get that reference. I don't cook. I have to look stuff up. Right, yeah. I kind of just wing it and then learn the hard way yep. sometimes. The most deer, cooking I do is on the grill, and that's about it. Yeah, deer I'm milk saying. steak and jelly beans. I'll butterfly my back straps yeah. usually. It's so good, man. You can't go wrong. I, I've seen people eat back strap raw. Oh, really? really? Why couldn't you? Yeah. Well, you could. You can do anything. You can. Oh, you, you can know eat what? hamburger raw if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you could do it without worrying. With, I mean, as long as you were clean about it. I did want to try tongue, and I forgot. I ate heart raw, a venison heart raw. Well, not I a did? whole heart, but like I ate a bite of it raw. Me and Ty, my buddy Tyler Ringholm did. You want to try a deer tongue? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I say I've had cow tongue, but I haven't had deer tongue. I wonder, I wonder how good it is. It probably tastes the same. Let's try it. Which one of you boys is going to eat some deer nuts? Let's yeah. get back to that bet real quick. <laughs> oh, all, three, all three of you guys are running. Oh, Steve's, Steve's still in it. We got mixed up. I said Steve was out. Yeah, because yeah, I forgot it. it was a buck. You're yeah, and then it was, it was that next day, too. You guys are like, yeah, guys, you're going to be on that bet. And I'm like, bet a I was, about, I was about this close. <laughs> what happens right if tonight? none of you guys... Kill well, I guess we're all. So, well, we're I guess we're all eating. Yeah, we're all eating nuts or something. <laughs> Probably Rocky Mountain oysters. I'll order some some nuts offline. I'll order some. Yeah, I'll order some. Yeah, be be careful which websites you go to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble, man. I got two year olds. That's all I got. I keep passing twos. I'm uh, never even see the adult. next buck I see, it's going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I, I want to yeah. see Steve eat some deer nuts. I gotta no. be careful how I word that. <laughs> Does a button buck count? <laughs> <laughs> if it's got something there, hey. it counts. <laughs> Nah, I mean, nuts are nuts, I guess, but moving on. Um, this is a cool question. 
kind of a detailed question. You might take up some time, which is cool, whatever. Um, <laughs> whitetail experience on Instagram. Um, it's whitetail underscore experience. I would love to hear a summary of the properties each of you hunt, size and terrain features, but the strategy each of you use on them and how your hunting style changes based on the piece and time of year. If you hunt three farms, tell me about all three. Ooh, man, that's a really detailed He's question. like, send me coordinates. Well, since I have uh, <laughs> very limited property to hunt, I'll explain mine. Mine's kind of broken up into two pieces. Uh, the one property um, where I killed my buck is basically a ravine that runs basically east-west. And it's one big ravine with a couple of draws running off it and uh, a creek in the middle. And it doesn't really hold deer, um, but they will move through there, especially during the rut. For instance, when I killed my buck, he's moving through through the natural terrain feature. The ravine kind of – the ravine, the way the creek runs, bring, brings them to a pinch, and that's right where I killed my buck. Um, but, you know, that's – I guess that's the quickest way to answer that one. That's how they utilize, they utilize that terrain by funneling them through there. I set up there on that south wind on the other side of the pinch. My buck came strolling through there. Other than that, they don't really bed there um, that I've seen. So you're, you're pretty much just catching them passing. Coming yeah, through. it's like a travel corridor is basically yep. all it is. And then the other piece is a creek line and maybe with an acre of timber on one end and a strip of trees and some CRP. And uh, that's where my dad shot his buck this year. And basically, I'm assuming that buck was better than the CRP and came out. And uh, it's weird. There's really, like, nothing else around it. I think they just run through there in, in preparation for the rut from probably from one timber way the hell over to the east and then another timber way the hell over to the west. Checking I think, it out. Yep, I think they're just in there when the crop's in there. All the crop's out, and the neighbor's tearing down trees right now. Yep. So um, not a, lot, a whole lot going on down there. But that's... In a nutshell, my whole ground and hunting, so haven't seen a whole lot of deer besides that this year. Yeah, that's kind of mine how mine all are, too. They're just small patches of timber, and it's pretty much right place, right time. You know, you play the wind, and you can't really know when they're going to be there or not. You can't really pattern them that well. Get your butt in a stand and yeah, try it. Yours is kind of sporadic, I feel like. Like where you killed your buck last year was like just on a strip of – it was like a fence line, wasn't it? Uh, kind of is like maybe half an acre timber with a cemetery, like connected to the timber. So that's part of the timber. So it was like maybe half an acre of woods. It kind of sounds like where my da- how my dad shot his buck this year in the same way. That's just how it is. It's because it's right next to it. Well, their next field over, probably six hundred yards away, is a Scott County Park. So yeah, way to give just, away your location. I think they just come there. Private ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just come from there to this piece and then go. There's another big piece of timber about 500 yards away so i think they just travel i think i remember there. you showing me that property on like google maps and i'm like there yep <laughs> and it was one of those spots so I, b- I bet you drive by it and you're like oh there's no deer there well because the only thing you can see from the road is a little bit of timber and then the cemetery so you're like okay there's never gonna be any deer in there but right they travel through there all the time mark we've talked about your property a lot yeah, it's just a thin <laughs> strip, unfortunately. There's not much to talk about. Um, I live uh, by the Green River, and there's a Green River dike behind me. Uh, there's a strip of timber that's about 50 yards wide that runs along the dike. Um, it's 85 acres, but the whole entire thing's pretty much cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably 9, 10 acres of timber. It's just a thin strip. Uh, there's only probably two does. 
uh, with fawns at bed there, maybe two two-year-olds at bed there. Um, no mature bucks bed there. They bed to the west. There's a tiny bit to the east of the timber down the way a couple miles, but not much. So during the rut, they will run through my little strip. Um, you know, east and west, they don't, there's nothing north. There's a road to the south and the rivers to the north. So they just go east and west. So I can't hunt an east or a west wind or I'm busted. Yeah. So I got to wait for a north or a south. Um, I, but we do put up, you know, quite a few stands in there. Me and my dad hunt it and my son. So we put up uh, two stands in case two guys go every time almost. So we try to just barely tiptoe into the woods. So, you know, it's such a fragile spot. We try not to go in too deep. Uh, we go, we have two stands for north and northwest wind, anything north, northeast, northwest. And then we have three stands up for anything south, south, southwest, mm-hmm. southeast. So basically... You know, is it going north or south today? That's where we go. Right. And we get next to the river as close as we can so no deer can get downwind of us behind us. Give you the slip. Yep. Or and get then, in between you. Yep. And our north stands are just touch the timber, five yards, ten yards, go in, and stay as far to the south of that timber as you can. Mm-hmm. So nothing can get downwind of you unless it's out in the open field. Right. And it's basically... Sit you on your butt, and if something comes through, it's coming through. You know what I'd like to see, like uh, um, our buddy Clark uh, from uh, Name the Game, mm-hmm. um, respect, respect the game. The game. Respect I was game. trying not to get that mixed up, and I did. <laughs> They're both elite shows. Clark Cummins, yeah, Clark Cummins Diesel knows Cummins. Um, I'd like to see him break down your property because remember he was talking about, and uh, Clint Casper was also talking yep. about using. The wind to where the it's to the deer's advantage, but where it can also work for you. That'd be really hard on your property, but I would like to just like. Actually, it's super easy on my property because I know how they travel from where they come from the west from the bedding area. So I do that. I hunt certain stands certain ways. You know, if I know that a certain bucks come across this creek traveling along that green river, I will go to certain stands because I know they're going to go that way because the wind is in their advantage right right. so they are moving a certain way because okay well maybe if you flip-flop it's kind of obvious but i just think it's limited area it'd be like well man i mean what if they come over from this way well that's the thing too you're you're gonna play the wind to your advantage but again you never know where they're gonna come from right hashtag scent crusher yes yeah exactly Exactly. (laughs) we've already put the couple plugs in through (laughs) if i I owned the farm and could design it and put in food plots and add more trees and and you know some warm summer grasses then yes i would absolutely make points come out so i could hunt east and west winds Right, know? right. And I can, you know, I could also, you know, use dikes or ditches to try to, you know, dig or build dirt, you know, because I'm right. right behind my house. So I can walk right to my spot. So right, right. I would make hilly areas or ditches or dikes so they wouldn't see me. How coming. cool that be, man. You know, I was talking oh, to someone the other day that so you bring right. that up. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to buy this little 20 acres of timber. And, oh, yeah, there's 60 more acres, but it's all tillable. I'd buy that tillable. 
and just plant yeah. trees. But then, like, yeah, you don't realize, like, you would be losing so much money. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. think about it, though. Like, would it be worth it? It probably would. I think oh, I would yeah. really enjoy it. Like, yeah, whatever, it'll sell for two grand an acre later down right, the road right. and not ten. Not or, if you sell it to a deer hunter. Not a, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I would love to just design a property. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's not a ditch there. I want to create a pinch point. Hey, uh, hey, Bob, you want to bring your excavator out here? <laughs> yeah. You got a ditch That's dig, what I boy. do all day when I never see deer is I plan my design someday so when i can buy it right Man, can <laughs> you imagine and I'll do speaking that. of speaking of ross hey you can have him uh, come over and spill diesel all over your food plots <laughs> um another question from why i took experience like a follow-up i'd also like to have a gear breakdown maybe a quick bow setup arrow arrow heads rest then maybe your releases camo and outerwear uh maybe some stand talk we already did that um it's like pillow talk, but for men. So we'll talk about that. And he has, this is a cool question. Maybe stuff that you feel makes you successful that aren't well known. Could that be the heater vest Eric uses? <laughs> no, it's Deerheart. That thing's amazing. Um, yeah, Deerheart is lucky. If yep. you eat Deerheart. Um, the jacket eat. is not lucky by any means. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, a gear breakdown. Well, we can just talk about our setups um, and our releases. Um, Steve, you can go first. Uh yeah, so I mean, if you heard when I when I did buy my bow, um, keep bringing Ross up, hooked me up, um, set me up on my uh, Elite Impulse thirty four, whatever, <laughs> uh, Elite Impulse uh, thirty four. Um, I got the NAP uh, NAP Apache Rest um, Micro Adjust, which I'm actually a huge fan of. Man, I think that's like a seventy dollar rest. You're liking it. I, dude, I, I, you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to get QAD or you got to get this, you got to get this. And I'm I'm like, man, for w- what this does, I'm really impressed with it. Um, I run Schwacker Broadheads. Uh, I run the Ted Nugent uh, Gold Tip Arrows. Man, every time, grand. <laughs> every time he shoots an arrow, I hear the ball eagle scream. Yeah, I know. I got to shoot those. <laughs> Stranglehold starts playing. Yeah, the, the Ted Nugent Arrows. Yeah, I think they're made in, like, Korea or something. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, the Schwackers, um, shooting a uh, Carter Chocolate Light four finger that uh, you don't I, th- I think I still owe yeah, money yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bought it. I bought that release. Mark <laughs> bought it off me. Yeah, and then Steve stole it. Borrowed it. Yeah. I, no, yeah, I keep forgetting it because yeah, you're like, hey, I need money for that so I can buy something else. But yeah, no, I uh, you're sweating, Steve. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Mark's right in here, guys, but. Yeah, that's uh, that's the setup that I. What's your really? Oh, you just said Carter. I yeah, was gonna move. I was reading and not thinking. Which um, I I like. You know, I I remember I shot a three finger that I really enjoyed, but the more I got to shoot that four finger, I'm like, okay, this is nice. You know, I'm I'm just a huge fan of uh, of what Carter releases are doing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not. No, I, I, it, it's it, a great release. In you my know, opinion, first, one of the most popular releases, and oh, I, yeah. for some reason, want to own every single one of them. I do, too, mm-hmm. and it's just like you look at the price tag, and you're like, you know, for something that's that good, that's not that bad. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of my setup because uh, I'm awesome. You know, <laughs> all right. Steve. I mean, you know, I, wake, I wake up every morning at piss excellence. <laughs> I, I got to ask you. Stuff that you feel makes you successful that aren't well known, Steve. What makes Steve successful? Other man? people hanging my stand, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> us, us right here. Yeah, well, one of my friends gave me some sticks to hang a stand and yeah. made me go buy one, and then my other friend helped me hang it. And 
That was a that was a crazy day. But Whenever if you had to w- pinpoint one thing, like if you had to write a book, like the success <sighs> of Steve, which I, I would definitely read that. Man, book, it would. Yeah, it would, would be. Uh, it's like I, a I half page. Not, I wouldn't even buy it. What makes the Steve t- like like what makes me successful? Um, <laughs> overcoming fatness. <laughs> With a positive attitude, that's like that's hey, stupid. that's not a bad one. That's you know, you got you got to have a one, because you got to have because if you like if you grow up a fat kid, you here's what you have to do: you have to have a personality, and you just have to prove everybody wrong. So like if if you got the God haters, damn, I just I figured you out. Did you you brush the haters off? You know what I mean, dude. You gotta if if you're fat, be jolly, kill them with kindness, prove them wrong. That's the secret to success. Well, but if you're good looking, eh, you ain't really got to worry about working too damn hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Makes I, sense, I guess. I'm following you. Mark. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I think uh, realistically, though, I think success is one of those things that, you know, you kind of have to be in the moment and be ready for it when it when you're handed an opportunity, you have to take it. You have to fail and you have to fail a bunch and it sucks and it's going to lead you and you're gonna hate it but you have to fail so that success is that much better even with the small things like you like you can't get your iphone to charge you keep plugging in plugging in you got to keep failing because as soon as you plug that (laughs) phone in and it starts charging again you're like oh i can wake up and go to work let's talk about your setup yeah (laughs) that went off the rails i know i'm like a little bit you should have just quit with what you said yeah i know that was so (laughs) good fucking going (laughs) that was so good and then it just near them i shoot the elite synergy 2016 um just got it this last year when it came out uh i shoot the qad drop away um awesome rest love it uh i shoot the hha uh Optimizer, kingpin. Oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> shoot the kingpin. I talked about it earlier. Yep. Single pin nation. Um, and I shoot the victory arrows, which are the victory VAPs. They're the micro diameter arrows. Um, and they have the insert outserts on the front. Um, I guess that's my favorite part of my setup is my arrows. I guess. Yeah, man, you are loving those Dude, things. Dude, I oh. love those things. They're nasty. They hit hard. I don't have speed. Did Poppy you know, set those a, up? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, down at the shed, yeah. Um, shed, yeah. Well, um, I, yeah Moment of March, uh, where's yeah, that? By Champaign, yeah, Illinois. Yeah, that was a while ago. Um, <laughs> I ended up, uh, you know, I, they're, they're like a point, what are they, point zero six six diameter, and I don't have much speed with the synergy, and I have a short draw length. Mm-hmm. So I went with the lighter grains per inch arrow to pick up speed, but put that 50 grain aluminum outsert on the front for more front of center FOC. Right. And they hit like a Mac, and they just bury in the target, and they fly great. I love those Dude, arrows. you rant and raved about those things. I'm, I know. I might check them Dude, out. Dude, you need to check them out. I'm telling you, they hammer. They hammer. I love those Let's arrows. talk... Um, because Steve went on a rant and we couldn't really reel him oh, back yeah, in. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. Where are we at? Where are we at? Um, holy crap! Um, camo and outerwear. I mean, do you have anything special you feel like you need to mention, or is it mm, not anything special as far as that goes? I don't go, which I should probably go with the what do they call it, scent blocker and all that. But I just don't. I didn't spend the money. I hunt the wind, you know, and I won't go if it's not right. And right. now the scent crusher changing the game. I love that closet, dude. Love it. So <laughs> nothing special for clothes, just dress warm. But one one more thing, and Steve actually went on a rant, but he's actually right. 
Yeah. The, 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 more ex, the more you screw up, the more you mess up on a big deer, the more you're going to learn. You have right. to you have to earn that the hard way. Yep. Uh, you know, so I guess secrets would be my best tips, I guess, would be. Um, or what either, makes you what successful, makes successful that aren't well known? My entrance and exits of my stands. That's a I'll, good, that's I'll, a good I'll, point. I'll, I'll go through creek ditches so I'm not seen, so I'm not smelled. You know, I'll have my stands right next to the creek. I'll walk the creek and pop right out of that thing and right up in the tree. So no, don't leave scent on the ground. Uh, you know, and then success would be the, you know, how I do scent control with my boots because that's what touches the ground. <coughs> and then, uh, like he said, practice, mm-hmm. practice, practice, practice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You rock? Uh, I shoot a 2016 Hoyt Defiant 34. HHA kingpin light. Light, yeah, with the light. you got the yep. dovetail. We all have yep. the dovetail. You don't have the dovetail, do you? No, I don't. I okay. went with the hunter's version. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all have the dovetail. And then uh, QAD rest with uh, Easton Axis arrows. And I heard then, great things about those. Yeah, Our good buddy Tim Kitts, I believe, shoots over. No, he's shooting the... He's shooting the full metal jackets. Is he shooting yep. full metal yeah, jackets? My dad shoots those, loves them. Yep. The five, Access are all The five awesome. mils or something, five millimeter. He shoots the micro. Well, what's the deep... Does Easton make the deep six? Yep. Uh, yeah. Because I've, I've heard great things about those arrows, man. Because my Access are the five mils also. Are they the micro? Yep. Oh, cool. And yep. the insert actually... It's kind of weird. It's kind of hard to explain it, but the insert goes inside the shaft. Nothing sticks outside the shaft. Oh, wow. So it's oh, actually really? ins- inserted like two inches or like an inch into the shaft. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that metal ring on the outside. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how the, I don't, well, that's interesting. I don't know, man. I actually like huh. the metal being farther out front because you can actually cut your arrows an inch shorter. Right. So you actually can get a faster arrow because, well, I mean, it's only an inch. How many grains are you losing? But Yeah, right. I don't know. But all that weight is out in the, totally right on the tip. Right, right. So <coughs> what else? Um, your uh, My release, I shoot a Carter chocolate three-finger. I guess I didn't realize release. you were shooting that. Yep. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that either. Same as his, right? Yeah. Almost. But mine's a three finger. I mean, but, same as yours, three, right, Mark? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same thing, yeah. but one less finger. Same, only different. Yep. And then broadheads, whatever in my quiver. I don't really yeah. have. I mean, mine just. I don't have two of the same broadheads in my quiver, so whichever one I the, grab, yeah, that's what I'm shooting. You're, you're the guy to talk to about broadheads, man. You really are because you're not biased. Like, you're probably the. No. I would say out of everyone I talk to, like, you know, I, I know a lot of smart hunters and intelligent hunters and knowledgeable people, but you're really just like, I don't really, I don't sway one way or another with broadheads, man. If it I'll flies try good, all. I'll shoot it. Right. That's how it is. The so. cut, I guess the cut thing you'll learn later. Or? Yeah. I mean, you don't really know unless you try it, right? Right. That's true, man. Yeah. That's true. Form your own opinion. Yeah. yeah. Can't you know. always believe what it says on the outside of the box. Till you and shoot if I, if I try it. one and I like it, I'll always have that one in my quiver. You know, like, <laughs> It just goes to number one. Yeah, like, hey, I mean, it just works its way down. It's like, it's like MySpace. He's got his top five. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Friends? Like right now, I have uh, yeah. a, a dead Steve's ringer. Steve's being a dick. He's going number three. He's no longer. <laughs> yeah, I am. Number three. What are I'm these? Still on there. Dead ringer switchback in there. I have a muzzy original muzzy. Uh, you got a schwacker in there, don't you? A schwacker, a G five. It looks like the muzzy kind, of, just a three blade. Uh, Trocart or no? No, that's, that's the, the Montec. Uh, Isn't the Montec? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then what else do I have in there? 
There's another one, but I can't even remember. And of now. course, he's tested all these and made sure they all fly the same. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, do they? We don't have one that hits over <laughs> here and one that hits over there. Well, I mean, they're not like <laughs> it's not like it's eight inches <laughs> off. You hey, know, right. they're did off we, a little did bit. Did we talk stabilizers? Oh, did anyone oh, mention no. stabilizers? No, I run. I'm saying stabilizers because yeah. stabs, stabs. See, you got stab, bra, stab, bra. Stabilizers. Can what we just say stabilizers, got? guys? Just say the whole word. You know, I'm. I got the. Uh, I got the elite. Uh, what is it? The eight inch, or is it like the seven inch? But it's made by Doinker, I think. Yeah. Yep. Like they like subcontracted it out or whatever. It's a Doinker, and there's two companies that came together and made this one. And I'm like, yeah, this is uh, for you know one of those kind of bow brand stabilizers. I'm like, dude, this is top of the line. Yeah, that's what I had on mine too. But then I switched and went to. Uh, B stinger, I got a ten on the front, and I got a back bar too with the adjustable B stinger. Uh, what do they call it? An adapter on the back for your back bar. The quick disconnect, or yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. for the back, yep. And then I, I run an eight inch B stinger with three ounces and on the back and one ounce on the front. And man, did that make a huge difference! I never thought I'd be a back bar shooter. Yeah, but I love it. I yep. had one you're shooting one on the one ounce on the front, three on the one back. One ounce on the front and three on the. I back. think that's what I'm shooting also as well. Yeah, and because that's the the HHA is I got 13 ounces, you know, uh-huh. I'm sticking out the front. I don't have the dovetail like you guys, but I get the other release. I just shoot a regular trigger release. Um, it's just a Scott. But what I would throw out there is guys with smaller hands give the true ball blade, uh, thumb release a look. Gene Miller's got that thing, and I've shot it and love it. True ball blade, great release. Yep. What are you shooting for stabilizers, Eric? I, I run the AAE hot rods. Did oh, you? I, I thought yeah. it was yeah. the Eric Common special. Yeah, the one you he custom made, in his made some. <laughs> I did. I did make some of those. They're on my. Ooh, I don't even remember what they're are on. They're on now, their Strother. I think they're still on the Strother. But the yeah. AAE makes a. Uh, it's a kit. It's called the Western Hunter kit, and it comes with a, a ten inch front or twelve inch front bar. And then an eight inch sidebar with all the brackets and everything for one hundred twenty four dollars. Whoa, that's wow. a yeah. deal! AAE makes that. Wait, yeah. it, it both yeah. both stabs and the stabilizers. Yeah. Yes, yes. Stabilizers. It doesn't come with uh, quick connects, but I mean, you can throw them on if you want. But yeah. that was the that's best deal, deal I found wow. with the. Yeah, what's the beasting? Like if you bought it as a kit, it's like two. Oh yeah, well, you're, what's, you're a, what's one something? Yeah. What's one twelve inch? <clears throat> Stabilizer, eighty nine ninety nine or yeah. no, the yeah. twelve ninety nine ninety nine, I think. And it comes with, I think, oh, I don't even remember now. How many ounces on each? I think three on each or something. Well, I'm running a comparable setup. Mine's a twenty sixteen Hoyt Defiant thirty four, all black. Um, it's pretty much they're twins with the uh, optimizer light HHA optimizer light dovetail kingpin kingpin. Um, I run a tight spot quiver. I hunt with my quiver on. Um, usually. Oh, yeah. I didn't talk about I got the Elite Quiver. Good mm-hmm. quiver. So yeah. It is a good quiver. Mm-hmm. Um, it sticks off a little far. Like, Sam's got one on her Elite. Um, I like the tight spot, man. It it goes good with the dovetail sight, <clears throat> and it's tucked in real tight to the riser. Um, so, it, you know, you, I could get away without my sidebar, but with it, it, it I just shoot so much better. Um, but I'm running a 10-inch B-Stinger out the front with a 12-inch B-Stinger with a quick disconnect out the back. Um, QAD, um, a black QAD, uh, Hoyt QAD, uh, Ultra Rest. Yep, Ultra Rest. Man, what else am I running? 
Wait, I got a relief. question. What Eric, what? Relief? No, wait. Oh, yeah. Answer that. I'm no, doing no. the Scott um, Hex, and that's a kind of like a – it's a back extension with a click, but you don't – you pull back with the strap, and it's like a two-finger, and you squeeze into your click, and then you fall through with the release. I love it for hunting. I've, it's, I'll have probably always shoot one. But I also have, to experiment this summer, the Longhorn Hunter – Oh, yeah, I forgot um, you got that. Yeah, I drew back with it, and it's like it's way different because there's no rope from like the wrist strap to that. So it's Yeah, you got to hold it at 1 o'clock. It makes me just... feel super short. Like mm-hmm. it makes it – it just doesn't feel right. I got to play with it a little bit. What uh, what kind of grip you run in E-Rock? Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Rattler grips from wow. Handsome Rob, the most handsome guy around. You <laughs> man, know? I got to call guy. Rob, man. Or my custom WCB. Uh, man. Yeah, it's – that, sick. Yeah, that it's it a one piece. Sick. It's a one piece. Only two are made. He said, "I got one, and T Bone has the other one." Man, that's custom right there. <laughs> yeah, so. It's gonna be worth some money one day. You got number two. Did he sign number two in on I, the inside of it? I wish he would have, but he didn't. Rob. Send it back. <laughs> Come on, Rob. We're gonna. I'll get send that. it back to him because now he, it's kind can, of dude, he killed a giant. Oh, yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah he he's did. a stud. I gotta add that to the uh, trophy room. And yeah. uh, Shaky Leaf sent us a good buck. I gotta add that to the trophy room this week. Yeah. Also, I gotta call Rob. Rob, I'm sorry. Handsome Rob, I will. I will be calling Call you. him up. Um, They're well worth it because you can customize them to whatever you want. Yeah. Um, what else did I miss? I feel like I'm missing something. Um, didn't got it all there. Oh, my hunting clothes. I just buy uh, Gainer Mountain stuff. It's yeah, cheaper. They good, yeah, I they mean, made it, like their it, scent yeah. stuff. Um, it's, it's good quality stuff, but again, scent crusher. Yeah, I do. Them. I have a um, a scent blocker suit. Not that I'm like. I don't really care. I've had scent lock. I've had scent blocker. It's good, good clothing. Right. I, uh, I mean, no matter what, even though it's a scent blocker suit, I just like the way they fit, and like the the convenience of like my harness buckles into my jacket and goes out the slit in the back of my jacket, and it's got like the wind blocker. It does help in the wind. And for uh, early season, I have this uh, sweatshirt I got from Salvation Army. It's not even like a name <laughs> brand camo or anything, but. It is the most comfortable sweatshirt I've <laughs> yeah. ever worn, um, and it's nice and light. It's awesome. You know, you know what I was about to buy, and I, Paid I like forgot. Three bucks I, for I it. was at no, I was at Farm Fleet, and I forgot my wallet. And I don't know, like you know, sometimes they get like these um, these brands that come into like Farm and Fleet or whatever. But it was this hand warmer. You know, it was one of the deals that like you strap around around you, like you know, you see like football players wear, but you like you tuck your hands. I in there. have one of those. And the that way is it, the best thing I've ever done. The way it was set up because it's not like just like a like a like a Swiss roll, you know what I mean, where you just put it's your two angled. It was angled. Yeah, yep. it had a little front pocket right mm-hmm. there. I was like, dude. Yeah, what I do cuz especially late season when it's cold out, I still wear really thin gloves just cuz I don't wear gloves. I, I don't wear gloves at all. Yeah. And that all, and that yeah. little tootsie roll thing, you can put like <laughs> five of those hand warmers in there. Yeah, oh yeah. Stuff your hands in there, and they're warm all the time. I just—I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Dude, I—I I, like I wanted it so bad, and I was—I was getting ready to buy it, and I look at it and have my wallet, and I go." Well, they even make them now. In? There's a little flap that you can open, and there's like a clear screen, so you can have your phone in there. So it's warm oh, all the time, and Steve like, will never oh, see oh, a yeah. deer again. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've oh seen man, that, I've seen that at Menards. I think. Had it. Hey, there's Angry one question birds. here I want to address real quick because we really can't answer, but I will tell them. Um, C underscore I just saw the Willis six six two. We'd love to hear someone speak about rut hunting in the South. Um, our deer are just getting into pre rut. Um, I can't talk about that because I've never deer hunted in the South. Um, neither of us have no or any no experience no experience it. here. Um, but what I can do is if someone knows someone knowledgeable 
in the south that from the south that, or who's hunted in the south a lot that they would like to hear on the podcast i can do my best to try and get them on as a guest and we can discuss that i got a guy um, yeah because i'm curious you got a guy yeah okay Eric's you got, got a guy, a guy. if someone guy. else has any recommendations and we're open to it also we can always do a couple or we can yes. do a multi yeah and um, nick let me figure it out. But uh, thanks for the – sorry, I can't answer that. I just yeah. – I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah. yeah. You know? No, Nick uh, Nick McAdams, um, he put a question out on Twitter that um, yeah, he wants to hear something in the future, which is awesome. Um, you know, he wanted to hear us discuss Miss blah, 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 Midwest coyote hunting do tactics in the future. What, you don't like that? No. That's how – that's like the verbal backspace. Just work through it. But uh, – <laughs> Things. He wants to get some other guy involved, uh, John underscore Collins three. So get a hold of us. You know, I I want to do some coyote hunting, like some serious coyote. Would be a good this time. Year. Would be fun. Um, so here we got a couple on. There's a couple on Facebook. Um, we're running out of time, but we can cover it. Um, Chris Van Dyke said, "How's the wind pros working for you guys?" And uh, I have since gun season, man. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't. I put some wind pros out on a fresh scrape, and then I had a bunch of guys push my property, <laughs> and I pulled all my cameras out because I didn't want the people running through or trespassers during gun season to steal my cameras. Yeah. The bad thing, the when I put ours out, we got that really bad rain a couple of days later. So I haven't really, I haven't been back to that property. What I did notice there was one scrape where I put a little bit of it, the wind pro stuff in it, and I put it on the branch and on the ground. And even after the rain, I did. It wasn't a heavy rain. But enough to where I'm like, oh, it's for sure going to be gone. It was still there. Yeah, see, I haven't so, been back to that property I tested on, so. Yeah, that was kind of the uh, same We're not situation. a lot of help. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I put it on. I'll, I'll be able to tell you guys because there was a fresh scrape that I put a camera on, and I uh, I put some of the, the Dominant Buck Wind Pro on there and then the Licking Branch, and I left the camera, and I, I was trying to make it back, but I haven't. So when, when I do, you know, I'll send you pictures of. We'll do a follow-up. Yeah, we'll for sure get a follow up. Um, I like how easy it is to, how easy the the Win Pro, um, I don't want to call it like the little uh, carabiner. Yeah, the carabiner. You and that this, damn carabiner. I, I, I just <laughs> I like how easy it it, it fits in. Anything easy for Steve, he likes. Get a it. carabiner anywhere. This has I mean, nothing to do with the product. Those are like I'm a fan of it. You know what I'm gonna you know I'm gonna like do? six cents at when a, it, when I run out of store. it. Here's what I'm gonna do. Seriously, it runs out. I'll wash it out real good. Fill it with vodka. No, I'm going to put a Kool-Aid packet in there. It's yeah, like geez. I take a water bottle up there with me, a couple squirts of Kool-Aid, dude, I'll be good to go. You're an idiot. I'm going to pre-mix the Kool-Aid and <laughs> sugar. Kool-Aid. I think this is a good question. I had one. Uh, it's a good idea. Though. How do you? <laughs> it is a really good idea. Yeah. Don't, don't hate. Appreciate. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel about scent control during late season and cold, snowy weather? Who was that question from? From uh, Wes Hanson on Facebook. Say it again. So, how do you feel about scent control during late season with cold, snowy weather? I'd say like you always got to be up. Buzzloader. It's say as always in, stay up on it. It's important. I remember someone was talking about even when they go turkey hunting, they're worried about scent control because of the future deer that they could bump. Yeah, you know? I don't think point. your regiment should ever change. You should be diligent about mm-hmm. everything. You know what a giant – well, I don't know exactly how the guy did it, but I heard that somebody tell uh, – I guess he was a guide, and I saw it on TV or something on a hunting show – and somebody said, well, what about your little secret? And he's like, don't tell my secret. But basically, they called him Rubber Man. So basically, and I've heard somebody talk about this before where I went to taxidermy school. And the the teacher learned how good that a rubber, like a rain suit, will work. 
because he was hunting a fence line in the rain and got, you know, deer got downwind of him. But they called this guy on this hunting show the rubber man. So there's something to wearing some kind of like a, you know, like fishermen will wear like a rain suit on the like boat. A latex right. suit. Yeah. Dude, think about it. Rubber. When I go to the, to change my trail cameras, I wear rubber gloves every time just because I have them because I do taxidermy. Right. You know, I wear rubber boots every time I go in the woods. There's something to wearing like a rain, a rubber type oh, it's rain totally, suit. It's totally going to conceal everything. It's like a seal. It's like a, yeah. You're, you're probably going to sweat if you got to walk a long way. But maybe somebody can see if you be sweating no, the first no, time. All right, guys, 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 new genius uh, idea. It is a good point, man. I, I wear see. your long underwear underneath, you know. New and secret. Maybe put the rain suit on top right. of that. Steve, we're trying to talk like real shit I know. here. And then put your heavy gear on top of that. You know, anything to keep that's your a, scent in, maybe. Wow, that's, that's a good weird. idea, man. Yeah, no, new secret, man. Before you go to the woods, Thompson water seal. Just pour it all over you. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, that's, yeah, man. Ron Schaefer has a question here about how to score a deer, but it's going to take a bit to explain. So I want to see if we had some other ones that you guys had in mind real quick. Um, if I, we don't get to it, we can do a, another episode on yeah, the process of Ron. So. Yeah, because he was really curious. I got to measure one of yeah. uh, his buck, I guess, So, uh, which is completely fine. It's a really nice buck. Yeah, sure it, We put it in the trophy room. Um, it's on our website if you want to check that out. Um, did you guys got anything pulled up right now? You guys obviously weren't ready. Let's uh, no a lot. Yeah, no, I'm I just reading we, through them because a lot of them we kind of already touched on. Right. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say I thought we already got most of them. Yeah, we basically. Oh, so I got can, all. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just ahead, wanted to sure. Yeah, go ahead. We, we've um, got all the ones we need. So Ron Shaver said, "I want to hear how to score a deer." Um, yeah, we can look it up online, but to maybe hear Kurt score mine, so folks can understand what an official score is looking at. Um, seems folks do it online and still think that, and I still think, still think they are lying. Uh, yeah. The easiest thing to do, just go buy the wild game innovations tape and you're good to go. I don't know why I hate that product so much. I think it's because, because you're official measure, because think. you're an official measure and it's like guys like, you know, it's for I a shouldn't lot of hate it that much. Well, it's for like a lot of working class guys. You know, when you're like a plumber or an electrician and you go in to do something and how much is that? Look that up. Uh, I will. And, you know, you go in there and the homeowner tries to tell you, you know, how to do something. And you're just like, listen, I'm I'm the guy to do this. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell me yeah, how to do but my at the same time. Yeah. It's like, see how much it is. If it's a couple bucks, whatever. <laughs> but if they're getting 10 bucks yeah. for that, they have to. Get you got a tape measure at your house right. and I can tell you exactly how to do it. You can take Ooh, it. <laughs> Kurt, seven bucks. Go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> yeah, but who doesn't Come have, on, man. Who doesn't have a tape measure and a pen and a paper? It's going to take you longer to stick that shit off, put it on the beam and tear it mm. off, and then sit there and go, oh, that's, oh, I guess that's kind of, oh, four and four. I, does, it, does it have it by the eighth of an inch? It's got yeah, to, don't it? Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah, it does. Well, hey, you is. get, hey, but, but to be fair, you get 600 inches of adhesive scoring tape. So for all you shotgun hunters, 600 deer. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> basically you don't really use a tape measure though. no cat hey for all yeah, you shotgun hunters out there score your buck in minutes no calculators needed you use a steel cable <laughs> and an alligator clip that's what i use but it's why do you have alligator clips laying around because I'm uh, Kurt's assistant measurer. He is. So, I mean, okay. Maybe, oh, so you can. Oh, I get it. Maybe yeah. I'm hating on it too you hard. Put, you put the alligator clip on the end of the cable. And that marks like the end of the with the measurement. Yeah, when you get to an end of a time. So, oh, let's talk yeah, about yeah, this yeah. product real fast. Is it 
what does it do? It just adds up the inches as you go, or is there like a? Well, there's got to be a start over. That's point. what I can't right, see. Yeah, it has get. to be. But I'm like looking at it. Steve, will you buy some of this so we can check it out? Yeah, I don't I, have seven dollars. I was actually watching the show the other day, and they had an office girl go in and score one of the deer that Matt, uh, what's his name, Busbus, yeah, had killed, and it was a smaller deer, so they were making fun of him and asking him if he put that on the company credit card to pay for it. Uh-huh. So he's like. And she's like, I've never scored a deer. Oh, the directions are right here on the back. And she took the tape and put it on there, and 103 inches. <laughs> really? <laughs> and so I don't know if it was continuous tape, you know, huh. or each one's marked. You know, you know we're what? Gonna, we're going to know what we're going to do. We're going to buy some of this tape for shits and grins. You want to have a score off? Yep. I think it's us versus you. But the see. thing is, but the thing is, <laughs> we could have a score off. Like oh, like measure the same rack, same thing, yeah. Well, we could do that, it, but because we know you're giving more accurate addition. Like, hey, wait, hold on. So I mean, on. you know what? Maybe this I'm is, hitting too hard. Reading I it. actually think it's gonna, this stuff would work good, but yeah, I've never I, Mark's it. a it fan. Might. I, it I, might. I Tell me about it a little bit. So yeah, what quickly, it says there: quickly. quickly and easily grow score your trophy in as little as three minutes. Uh, score, up, score score up to three booners per pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's only grow score, right? Which yeah, I get it. Nets are for fish. So 600 uh, additional uses for blood trailing, trail marking, and yardage marking because it's, like, reflective. Uh, easily visible in low light. No prior experience necessary. Must have in every hunter's pack. You know what, though? I I get why people buy it. I think because it's it's a hunting camp thing. Yeah, I kind of get how – I get why people buy it, but I'm just – I'm a hater. Most, so, most people don't have the tools that you have. Yeah, to, but you can get – Or feel the like score you, sheets or – I get it, man. But it's a quick, basic, rough guess of what it's. But gonna then you're going to run it's the same thing, you know. When you go to measure it, you know you're going to have those skeptical people right. be like, "You're going to." It's going to be a different number, and then right. they're right. going to be mad about it. I mean, here's the thing: is I'll just give you basic eight point rack. We'll just use my buck from last year as an example because he's just <laughs> basic, big eight point whatever. So. Every deer, no matter what, and this is going to be really brief, and I, we can get more into detail later, but I'm just going to give a general layout. Every deer, no matter what, non-typical, typical, doesn't matter, has a typical score. Yeah. So you see the hole in the horn buck with junk all over the place. That deer has a typical frame. So that deer's got a G1, a, a G1 on the other side. He's got a typical frame that you can go through and, and and determine, okay, this is his typical frame. He's a mainframe what as a typical. Mm-hmm. So when I refer to my dad's big buck that he has, my dad has a net 183, gross 191 buck. It's a 16-pointer, but it's a mainframe 8-pointer, and all the other points are abnormal. There's no Technically, by the book, if you want to go, like, you know, air quotes, by the book, Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young book, there's no such thing as a non-typical point it's an abnormal point is how they refer to it so if you're measuring an eight pointer the only spread credit you get when you're looking at the width is inside spread that's the only spread credit you get your spread credit cannot be and so okay where am i going back even on the score sheet you're going to get tip to tip you're going to get greatest spread that's supplemental data for the boone and crockett and the pope and young club that's, and I think that's for them to kind of get an idea of the frame of your deer or what they're dealing with, or that's kind basically of like a picture in their head. That way, if something's wrong, if something's trying to rig something, they can look at those and be like, "Well, these numbers look kind of out of mm-hmm. whack compared to what the inside spread is." But mm-hmm. you can have 
Your yeah, that's where Steve Buck and Eric Buck comes into play. Right. Your yep. inside spread can be 20, but if your greatest spread's 30, yeah. it's like, well, okay, that book better have a kicker way off one of the points running way off to the yeah. side for the greatest spread. So your, in, your inside spread is what counts. That's inside the main beam to inside a main beam at the widest point without going, like, out to the tip. or But yeah. it's going to come back in, so you'll find it. It's easy. The natural curvature will give you that inside spread. Then what you're going to do, what I do, I run the main beam measurements. And the main beam measurements, if you looked, the easiest way to explain it without showing someone, and this is, this is difficult, if you went to the side of the main beam, the side of the deer's rack, and put a, your finger right on where the center that would be, and you ran it all the way to the tip of the antler. Outside or inside? On the outside. Outside, it's okay. Every measurement on the tines and the main beam is basically on the outside of the yep. beam. So if you put your finger on the center point on the outside of the main beam of where the center line through, if you cut that that main beam in half, yep. you put your finger there, and you'd run that natural curvature around. It'll almost kind of be on the back of the main beam to the base of the antler. That is, probably sounds very confusing, but without having video to show you, maybe that's something we can do with video. Yeah. That's how you do your main beam measurements. It's hard. And I always run the main beam measurement two, three times to make sure I'm getting the same measurement over and over again because I don't want to slip. And that's where Mark, when I measure most of my deer at Mark's house, he helps me hold. It's a cable I'm laying on this. So this cable lays perfectly on the curvature and the dips and bumps and whatever on the antler and around points and whatever I need it to do. And then there's an alligator clip, and I clip it on the end. I have a tape that extends out. It's not a tape. It's like a ruler. It's like carp- carpenter's tape. Yep. And that, uh, and, I, yeah. and I run the tape on that, and that gives me my measurement. to the near, Deer are always to the nearest eighth of an inch. Skulls are to the nearest sixteenth of an inch. So that's the main beam measurement. Next, you're going to do your G1, your G2, your G3 points on an eight-pointer. The end of the main beam is, when you look at a deer, is considered a point. But it's not measured as a point because that's already included in your main beam measurement. So your G1 point, brow tines, eye guards, depends where you're at. Mm -hmm. G1, if you made a baseline, so if you cut those tines off clean at the main beam, that's where your baseline is going to run. And I have a certain way of marking my baseline as I run my cable around each end of it, almost as like if I was going to use the cable to saw off the tine. And I'll put masking tape at the base of each tine and do a pin mark, and that marks my baseline. So what you're saying is lay it on top of the main beam, and that line is your baseline. And kind of re- it's it's that's one of those things. I'll rub it around, right. do a pin mark, and that'll give you your baseline. Yep. So that shows yep. you where to mark. So I have a designated baseline, and that's where a green score can differentiate from a net score because green score I won't always tape them off. I'll rough the baseline. The net score I'm taping it off, and it's accurate and it's gonna be right with the brow tines you can do it sometimes they curve back sometimes they curve forward sometimes they do weird things you can go from the front or back and take the longer of the two so that's where a lot of people can be shorted on their score Um, sometimes if there's a point along so we'll go to the g2 same scenario right off the main beam running up to the top same thing every point from there typical point from there on out with a split kind of the same thing if there's a split off the g2 running straight off like a mule deer Mule deer gets measured differently from a whitetail, but we'll just focus on whitetails for now. You basically, like you slice that split off clean and measure it Off out. the G2. Yep, off the G2, yep. measure it off at an angle at the center line and mark it. Um, something interesting, if your point is running straight out 
not back. Oh man, that's gonna be hard to explain. Um, like a kicker. If a point, so basically when I mark my baseline and how I would lay on the outside of the tine to measure the G two all the way to the tip. If there's a point that's gonna disrupt the cable of how it would lay naturally on the point, and you have to go around a kicker that like shoots straight off to the left of the deer's tine. Right. You have to measure around it on each side, and you take the shorter of two measurements. Because if you take the longer, you're giving the deer more credit for what's yeah, not there. Not worth. Right. Yep. So you take the shorter distance between the two distances. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the typical score, if the G2 on the left side is six inches and the G2 on the right side is four inches, that deducts two inches from your typical score. To be considered a non-typical buck, it has to have 15 inches or more abnormal points added to to add to the score. If it has 14 or less, it's a deduction because it's considered typical. And the and people are like, well, what the hell is up with that? Well, typical is the perfect looking deer is basically what it's kind of based right. off. What symmetrical? We have symmetry. It's all symmetry. Yep. So you know, if your G2 is 10 on one side, 12 on the other. That takes two inches from your score. So moving on from that, once you do your main beams, you do your tines, your G1, your G2, your G3, and, and so on up to G7. As I've never had it go past, yeah. I've never had it go that far. Every deer, no matter what, has four circumference measurements, an H1, an H2, an H3, and an H4. And that is between H1, between the base of the antler and the, and the G1. <coughs> Sorry. At the smallest point. So that's a lot of people don't get. They take it from the biggest point usually, and that adds to a lot. So the smallest circumference between the base and G1, between the G2, or G1 and G2, and uh, G2 and G3, or, you know, it depends on a spike. You divide that length of the spike and four pieces, even pieces, and that's where your circumference So every, would be. no matter what, they all have four. <coughs> Yeah, every deer, no matter what, has uh, circumference measurements. Four. Four. Yeah. Every deer with a typical frame, anyway, a measurable typical frame. I'm getting a dry mouth from talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is all confusing. I mean, if you want to avoid the confusion, I highly recommend Wild Game Innovations Trophy (laughs) Tank. Go ahead and (laughs) tell your buddies how big your deer was. I may have just, like, (laughs) made it why that that, that product is useful, but... Well, I mean, you know, there. It's not that complicated. It sounds complicated because you're hearing it on a podcast, and I can't show you. If I showed you, you just do it here. You do it here. I'm trying. I'm trying to give you. If you're going to do it at home, and you're wondering what all goes into it, that's how you get a a record book official net score. And you know what I mean. That's how you do it. The biggest tip I'd give is anybody can Google. How to measure it? Yeah, Google. What would they call that paper? You know. Uh, a score sheet. Yeah, the yeah. Google Pope and Young score sheet. And you can print that off on your computer and it shows you dotted lines drawn on mm-hmm. those antlers and tells you on line one, take this measurement here. The smallest, right. the biggest, the longest, you know, take right. it from here, take it from there. It, you, it, if you have half a brain, you can actually score your own deer fairly close now you might make some mistakes right but you're still going to get pretty you're close because it's, it's the directions on that paper are pretty darn good actually yeah they are so and, you know i may it's I, I know it sounds confusing when i explained it because i kept going and kept going but the, it's, it's the not more, that bad the more well like what you said though when the most 
confusing part is when you get these stickers and kickers and right. and people don't know what to do with them and where to measure from. It can get confusing when you get more of a non-typical deer or deer with flyers. And That's kickers. where experience comes yeah. in because even with that trophy tape, if you got a non-typical buck, and I don't know, I'd have to maybe we need to just get some and tear it out and play with it. But like if you get a buck with three split brows on both sides, one of those brow tines is the typical brow. And this work can kill you yeah. if, well, which one's the typical brow? Well, if I do this one and this one and I'm wrong, you know, that could really affect the typical score, right. which affects the overall outcome of the score of this deer. So it's. Well, and two, uh, about this wild game thing with your, like you're saying, your circumference, you always take the smallest point. And I know, notice when you do it, you'd have that cable and you'd go up and down until you well, find the smallest circumference point. I'm using my tape, but my tape will flex. Yeah, and like yeah. what you're saying, I'm running around. I run it right. from one time to the other until I get the smallest point. Right, but yep. can you do that with that? I would think not. Would think you'd have to stick. buy about six boxes of it, I would think. Unless you can cut a piece and it doesn't. The back doesn't come off right away. Yeah, right. I would think that it would be harder. I would assume with the trophy tape, you're going to get a, a bigger g- score than what your deer actually is. Yeah, it's a guesstimate. That's what we need to do is take the same rack, have you measure them both. First one with the wild game stuff, and then second. We could do it. With, if Ron's cool with it, we could do it with his yeah. buck. The, yeah. His is a big buck, and it would yeah. be, we'll have you guys can do it with the tape. Mm-hmm. Let's no, do that. No, you have you do it with the tape because you know what you're doing. I think you guys should read the directions on the yeah. box and okay, do it because then you right. guys don't know how to do yeah, it. And well, then I'll come in and measure it how I know how to measure it. And then you you do got to, um, you know, wonder too. I mean, how – I know, like, you know, for you, you care a lot, you know, how that score is. But I know there's guys out there that – But I don't really give a fuck when it comes to the end I know. of it because like, <laughs> it's just a number. I, yeah, get, I, know. I support the record system because it does a lot for bow hunting. Oh, I, I love I, it. I take yeah. a lot of pride in being a, a measure, but you can understand why guys would buy this because they I, don't. I care about the. I do get it. The I circumference do. are like this is how many inches of bone was on this deer's head before I blew it away during Illinois rifle season, which starts right after dark. I, That's a joke. Thank <laughs> you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew Smith, uh, Scott's kid, for uh, turning me on to that funny joke. No, I, dude, I I totally get it. I really do, and I get the whole gross net thing. And yeah. well, guys, when I measured a year for guys, like I know you guys are about net. I'm like, listen. Yeah. I'm all about bone, man. If it's yeah. there, it's there. And yeah. Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young is, uh, they recognize, they're going to start recognizing gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it, man. If someone asks you what's your deer score, if it grossed 160 but netted 140, it's a 160. Yeah. In, my book, yeah. It, my, in my book, it is all day long. Yeah. yeah. that's And that's what people don't get. They're like, well, well what'd it go? I'm like, well, it grossed 141 but it netted 138. Well, should I tell people it's 141 yeah. or 138? I'm telling them it's a 141. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like when they yeah. can keep both scores so you can see. Because like that, that gives you a real idea of what that deer looks like right. or what it could. So it's like, you know, oh, he, 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 you know, he netted, uh, you know, 171 but grossed, you know, 158. And you're like, man, that thing probably yeah, looks really all that way. Swap it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Net and gross, yeah. Flip those, but you know you could you can get an idea. You're like, yeah, he has to look really nasty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one thing is it has to net one fifty five as a non typical as a non typical. One twenty five is a typical, and, right? Yeah, but for then, Pope for, and Young, for what about Booner? It's one seventy. I yeah. think Booner's one. I thought it was one eighty. It's one seventy all time. Why so was one, I thinking one eighty five? No. 
It's one seventy to make the book, and that's net, correct? That's a net. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's why when someone says, "That's why you always hear," yeah, <laughs> love the love the guys from Drury's. That's why you always hear gross boon. Yeah, gross boon. Because yeah. they're deer. I mean, they're boons. I mean, I get it. If I shot a booner, if I shot a deer that grossed one eighty five and he netted one sixty eight. Yeah, I got a booner. And that's where if you guys are new and you hear someone say booner, it's yeah, a big deer. It's a big deer. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I got a booner on the I wall. A, I got a booner on trail camera. And everybody and I, says that, you know, a lot of guys, that's the biggest misnomer on TV, if that's the correct word. Oh, it, it really doesn't matter what it scores. You yeah, know. So, so net. Yeah, when you go home, it does. Because you oh, tell yeah. your buddy, oh, I shot a 170. Absolutely. So nets lower and grows is higher, right? <laughs> I mean. Yep. All right, so gross. Yeah, we should switch. That's that. why they always say net is for fishing. Yeah, so your gross pay should be like when when you get net and gross, gross should be what you actually get because it's so gross of how many taxes are taken out of your paycheck <laughs> and how many deductions yeah. you get off your deer. Well, I, I want to uh, go on a rant. Like up. in closing, we'll we'll start to in wrap closing. her up. Just I want to like say a, something here. Just because I measure deer doesn't mean that I'm Mister. You got to pass 150s. I'm not that guy. Oof, and I've yeah. said on the podcast a lot. Didn't get that from his earlier rant. <laughs> but, no, I'm talking no. about I know. I'm, save your damn money and buy some more tree stands so you can kill deer and have somebody that knows how to measure deer measure them. That's what I'm saying. Love you guys. But uh, <laughs> but if you feel like buying the tape, go buy the tape and uh, prove Kurt wrong. I would love to see you that. Know, <laughs> I, I'm really I'm really not. like I'm kind of like, ah, damn it, just measure it. Like, yeah. Just learn to measure it, you know, and then mm-hmm. you can measure for your buddies and stuff, and yep. it's accurate and cool. Yeah. It's just cool to know how to yeah. do it. It's a nostalgic thing, I guess, for yeah. me. I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I weird, do. Like, I, I, like, I can type in the score sheets if I want and send them in, like, you know, type them on a computer. But I like the nostalgic of, like, way. the old handwritten score oh, sheets, yeah. man, are so cool to me. Like, I got a book, uh, Legendary Whitetails. I think that shows the yeah. old the scratches and all the writing on the old score sheets from, like, yeah. the yep. the Mel Johnson buck. Man, that's that stuff's awesome They're to just me. Sh- just like the, the golf pencils. They, yeah, no erasers on them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just little notes everywhere. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is just, I'm shoot what deer makes you happy. And one yeah. thing that I'm real tired of seeing um, lately online is he's not the nuts. monster we wanted, but he'll do. Or yeah. I know he's not big, but... I'm happy with them. Don't make excuses to anybody else about the deer you shot. Be yep. if you shot it, step up and be proud. Man, I think, awesome I think hunt. Clint, I had a great time. I think Clint Gasper explained it the best. He said he if that deer is coming in and your heart is racing and pumping, shoot that thing. Yep. Yeah. Shoot it. Yep. Oh, I was about it to shoot matter. I was about to shoot a small buck, man. He came in, I was watching him the whole time, I'm like, this deer is about to die. It was during the first <laughs> Illinois gun season. But to meet his death. And, and I had, dude, I was wearing blaze orange with my bow. I'm like, I'm about to shoot this deer. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally watched him. And he came out. He started walking right up the trail behind me. He was like 15 yards behind me. I was like, son, you're dead. You're dead. And then, like, I did, I, he didn't you come up this trail. S- he walked over here. And I was like, where in the world did I drop my glove? And then he's looking right at me. But, dude, I was about ready to shoot that deer. I was about to be super happy. T- typical Steve story. <laughs> oh, shit, I dropped my glove. Yeah, yeah no, I, I did. And it was, you know, it was one of them things. But I, I was super excited, man. I would have shot that deer, and I would have been the happiest camper on the planet. Just like you're scared oh, of the dark. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it wasn't like, dude, this deer probably would have netted like a... <laughs> 57 or something like that. <laughs> but I didn't care because I was like, dude, dude, how cool would it be to take, to shoot a buck and not have to eat deer nuts 
<laughs> with a bow during gun season legally. Well, why didn't you shoot him? Well, that's a- I, I didn't get a shot at him. He, uh, ca- okay. he came out the he came. <laughs> it was real weird. I'll have to like show you the path he took. But yeah, he came out. Like I, I was totally expecting where he was gonna be, where he's gonna be, and then he's like four yards, uh, like right behind me, like where I couldn't right, turn. I thought and you changed was... your mind at the last second. No, oh no, no, <laughs> he's too small. The guys that give me shit. Oh <laughs> no, that, no, that, I just, that, no, just couldn't kill him, man. Oh, that, no, that that deer was gonna die. But yeah, it was just one of them, one of them deals. Man. Closing I, statements, Steve. Since you're going, might as well go with yours. That was my closing statement, really, dude. You just. <laughs> if it, if you got it, if you get excited, like that would have been in the moment. Like it's even a a, point, that, that deer is, you know, that deer was tiny. It was probably a two and a half year old. I would have mounted it, but like, dude, I One. shot this during gun season. Yearly, <laughs> yeah. you think so? Oh, uh, you'd have to. I, I don't know. I probably got a little baby, I, little baby. I think he walked right past that uh, <laughs> that camera that I set up, so I'll be able to show you. <laughs> I haven't, haven't checked that since. I'm excited, Mark. Uh, I guess uh, if. If we're going towards that. If you see a deer coming, and you you'll know <clears throat> if it's a shooter, you know you're gonna know. You'll know oh, if it's yeah. a shooter to you, especially. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you have to look at it and stare at it for a while and make it into a shooter, then well, it's I have prob- a good I point. Have, I have that thing where not like, a shooter where I see deer and I get excited no matter what, <laughs> well, a doe, anything. But yep. when there's a buck that you say, oh, you know for a fact, your heart just Starts pounding That's that true. much more, you know. Actually, you know what? Yep. It's funny when you say that, Mark. This buck oh, in the studio, both Steve. Mm-hmm. I I love that buck. I do, and he's a pretty oh, good yeah. sized deer. Oh, yeah. That deer, I saw him coming in from like a hundred yards. I'm like, not a shooter, and I was all like one sixty or better that year. Yeah, I was like, not a shooter, not a shooter. I had a doe like ten minutes come in. He came in right after. I'm like, oh man, he's pretty cool, man. He's yeah. got some good brows on him. Yep. I'm like, I had a muzzle at her at the time. Like I bowed my ass <laughs> off. I'm sitting in the tree. I'm like. All right, yeah, he's like 15 yards. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was pretty pumped, too. But, you I, know. I shoot that deer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I think he was just a right. big a big three-year-old, but, yeah. uh, but yeah. man, I, I love him. I think he looks good yep. in the studio, too. Yeah. Hopefully I, he falls on Steve's and impales his ass. Yeah. But. <laughs> can, I, can, can, I, can I bring up something real quick? Um, Michigan no. Department of Natural Resources on their Facebook. This is awesome. They um, I screenshotted it. I was going to show you guys. This dude, Ryan, who hunted... Archery and firearm season for 19 years. Finally bagged his first deer on November 27th. And this dude is so happy with his deer. And, I, dude, I'm super excited. That guy is, like, my favorite guy on the planet because he's got a cabbie hat. He hunted 19 years. He went for 19 seasons. <laughs> Just disappointment. 18 seasons, disappointment. He finally oh shot Lanta. a deer. And Whoa. dude, I wonder how we good that have deer this tastes. guy on the podcast. Oh, we should. I want to find this guy. Heck yeah, why yeah. wouldn't we? Anyone in Michigan, if you see this, that guy has the most patience out of anyone I know. You know he loves nineteen he years stuck with it that long. Oh my! Let's Lanta. get his. Uh, let's get get his contact. Let let's see. find that him. That dude. That dude amazing. went. We, we need our listeners to go to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources page, Facebook page. Find him and uh, yeah, contact Ryan and send us. Or if anyone knows Ryan, yeah, we want to. Nineteen years, dude. He started hunting when I was like six. Man, like, what? It's got to be tough where he. He sat every day. You remember how I was complaining about, dude? I've been this whole season, man. This season sucks. This dude has been like, dude. These two decades have sucked. That gives me the shivers. (laughs) I know this. This dude has literally went that is crazy. Almost two decades 
of sitting and not seeing All right, deer. boys. We're going to wrap her up. Let's wrap this thing up. I think we, we need to do this more often. I think more listeners. Oh, yeah. Questions. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do a listener call in here soon after uh, yep. once season starts slowing down a little more. Yeah, start sending in questions. Uh, WorkingClassBowHunter.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, find us there. You know, send the questions in. We'll we'll shelf them, and then we'll do another episode here. The and, the shoot is getting worked out slowly but surely. We'll have a date soon and a location. We had to relocate, so that postponed some things a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the store is under construction. WorkingClassBoner dot com. Everyone, good luck. We're getting almost half. We're about halfway through the season, maybe closer to the later end. But good luck. Strive out there if you haven't got one yet. Good luck. The podcast. Bring the podcast luck your way. Share us up a bit. Kurt's literally fanning it towards oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> I, am. Yes. I am. I'm more Fan. relaxed. I got my buck already. I'm fanning it to the boys in the studio. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.